Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. This is the Unseen Leadership Podcast, where we explore the unseen stories that shaped leaders into who they are today. God's prepared these things in advance for you to do, for you to walk in. And for me, it helps me if I can believe the truth that, man, these gifts, whatever I think about them, if I'm struggling and I think my gifts are small today, I still can believe that God's given them to me so that people will see them and give glory to God. Well, welcome to the Unseen Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Chandler Vinoy, here with my co-host, Mike Kelsey. Mike, doing good? I'm doing great, man. I'm, I'll be honest, I'm a little bit intimidated because uh, we have like a real podcaster know, on right? today, like uh, a professional. It is Jamie Ivy herself that we have back on the podcast. And uh, Chandler, I know you've had the opportunity to interview her before. Uh, but for those of you that aren't familiar, she hosts the podcast, The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy. She's written some books, uh, including her latest, which is a children's book called God Made You to Be You. And somehow I don't think that was just a message for kids. And I know she has another book with a similar title that's for all the rest of us. Uh, but in her own words, uh, she said, and Jamie, I got to test you on this. You said you will stop anything for some 90s hip hop. Is this real? I do love 90s hip hop. In fact, I got a little trouble the other day on the old Instagram because I, <laughs> I went to Old Navy recently and... Um, they are bringing back all these t-shirts. You can get like a TLC t-shirt. Mm, mm. There was one big smalls. And so it just, I bought it and I wore it and someone came at me and they were like, doesn't Biggie Smalls have bad lyrics? And I was like, you know what? Leave me alone in my 90s, okay? <laughs> well, okay. So then this might get you in more trouble, but like, what's your, what's your top 90s hip hop song? Well, I, I I don't know the top 90s hip hop song, but I will tell you this. I thoroughly embarrassed my 15 year old son recently because at the University of Texas games, they have this pregame stage mm. and salt and pepper just performed there. Mm. And let me tell you, <laughs> in that, will bring some stuff out of you. Let me tell you, they bring stuff out of you that you thought Jesus had taken out of you. Okay? <laughs> um, oh, we looked around and it was 40, 43 year old women singing every word to every song. And my 15 year old was like, what are you doing? Um, so I, I, I love some old school, old school hip hop. It's a lot love of fun. It. Love it. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Well, Jamie, we're excited to have you back on. If you have been a listener of the podcast since the beginning, you know that Jamie was our second episode and we just loved being able to talk with you, Jamie, about what God has done in and through your life and the journey that you've been on. And then recently we also had your husband Aaron on, uh, which was a blast. And when we, I remember we, we got on and he has had the massive uh, Longhorns. I guess it was one of your all studios <laughs> or office, something. Uh -huh, Texas yes. all day. Yeah. It was like, this is Texas through and through right here. So <laughs> we're, we're a big fan of the Ivies here. So excited to have you on. And Thank today you. we're going to be diving in since we've already explored your story, which if you have not listened to that, go back episode two, uh, we want to dive into that that book that we were talking about, God Made You to Be You. And we saw that title and we're like, man, th there is so much to unpack. And throughout this podcast, we just always hear um, over and over again about your personal calling, how God has uniquely created you and how a lot of leaders have had to navigate that. So we want to focus on that during this conversation. But just to start out, to set up where we're going to be, uh, just tell us a little bit about the the children's book, God Made You to Be You. And 
what made you want to write a children's book and, and what's the message behind it? Yeah, it's funny because writing a children's book has not been on any kind of dream board of mine uh, mm. that I have thought, where would where would God take me? But I wrote a book called UBU that came out last fall, mm. uh, particularly towards women, really inviting them into this calling of, hey, be the woman that God has created you to be. Like he's given you gifts, he's given you talents, use them. Uh, on one hand, I'm saying, quit doing nothing with your life and show up and do things for God. On the other hand, I'm saying, hey, you don't have to be like her. Don't don't try to be what she's doing. Do and be what God's asked you to be. So that whole concept for that book was a lot of fun. And it came from just personal journey of my own and really just interacting with women who were really struggling to, to live into, like you said, Chandler, to live into that calling that God had placed on their life. And when I turned in the manuscript for that, I just had this idea of how fun it would be if we had a kid's book that had the same message. Because here's the truth. If we're all still having this conversation and we're all old enough to love 90s hip hop, let me tell you, our kid, this conversation needs to be happening from the get-go. And so I, there's a story in that book that I wrote uh, for women called UBU about uh, a cactus. And Aaron and I had gone on a trip to Sedona, Arizona, which I highly mm. recommend. It was a great little trip. I was, trip that I was we just there. We'll have to talk about it later. <laughs> Wasn't it am, good I the, am I the only one here that hasn't been? My wife has been. I haven't been. That's oh. a whole nother, that's a whole nother oh, podcast wow. episode. Never that's mind. a whole nother podcast. Never well, mind. I took Aaron there for his 40th birthday. So I, it was like a really great trip that I planned. But as we flew into Phoenix and we're driving up to um, Sedona, you might have Notice this, Chandler. There were all of these big saguaro. I always mess up the word saguaro, saguaro, cacti. And yeah, they're real big. They have the big arms and, and they're just beautiful to look at. But the closer we got to Sedona, which is in Northern Arizona, I noticed that they weren't there anymore. And so we yeah. were on our little pink Jeep tour guide and he, he brought <laughs> it up. And he said, the reason they're not there is because they were never intended to thrive there. They can't thrive there. It freezes there. They can't live. Their arms will topple over and they will die. And as he told that story, I thought, isn't that what we do is we want to be places we were never intended to thrive. Mm -hmm. We look around and we think if only I could be like them, do like them, have their ministry, have their leadership, then I would be worthy. Then I would be important. Then I would be something. Then God would use me. And that cactus story just really stuck with me about, man, how often do I want to be planted someplace I was never intended to be planted? Mm -hmm. And it's not negating the fact that, I mean, you guys have created a leadership po podcast. It's not negating the fact that you look to people and you learn and you invest in growing as a leader. But there is a line there of learning and growing, investing. And if I could just be like them, I would be something worthy of that. Mm. And so I thought, what if we did a little story about a cute little cactus named Sammy who looked around and looked at his friends and in this particular story, all of his friends are animals and, you know, he's a plant. And so he's stuck in the ground and he wishes he could run. He wishes he could slither. He wishes he could do all these things. And one of my favorite parts of the story is Jackrabbit, his fun little best friend, this little girl, Jackrabbit comes to him and says, hey, these things you're believing about yourself, they're just not true. Mm -hmm. And then they go through and tell Sammy all the things that are awesome about him. And um, I think that message of different isn't bad is what I want to teach my kids, you know, and I think kids at this age start to see differences. And so that's where God made you to be you was born mm -hmm. from a pink mm -hmm. Jeep tour in Sedona, Arizona. <laughs> uh, I thought this would be a fun book. So Mike, when you get to go to Sedona, just be on the lookout for your <laughs> yes. children's book inspiration. Yeah, I, I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> it's going to be a breakout. Uh, so you're tapping into something that I think all of us deal with. And a question I have for you is why is it so easy for us to see the good in other people's lives or the good about other people and so difficult for us to see the good in 
our lives or about ourselves? Mm. I think that's something that we as humans have been struggling with forever, you know, like looking around and thinking that there's some a better end of the deal somewhere. And we see that mm. all the way back in the garden with, you know, Eve thinking there must be something better than this. Mm. And um, I think that we have this in us that we look around and we think, God is holding out on us. Like God is holding out on me because they are way better at this. We'll take podcasting, for example, because we're all podcasters here. Like it would be a real struggle for me to look at, you know, this podcast that you that you guys are producing here, you know, Unseen Leadership and, and start to think like, man, if I could just do that, if I could just do that, if I could just do this, then I would be something. And honestly, I think that community, and that's what happens in this book with Jackrabbit talking to Sammy, I think community is something that can really pull us out of that a little bit. Hmm. Now, I don't need friends to tell me something that isn't true. Like, I, I don't need anyone to tell me I'm a good singer because factually I am tone deaf. Like that would be <laughs> a bad person. That would not be an encouragement to me. But you know what I do need people to do? I, I do need people to remind me of things that are true. And there are a lot of things that are true about us that we forget. Um, we kind of have this short-term memory on believing who God says that we are. And so sometimes even as leaders, I mean, all the three of us could probably say, there are so many times we're giving out advice to somebody and literally the inside of our head is thinking, you don't even believe this about yourself. Mm. Like you're able to articulate it. You're able to say it. You're able to lead in it. But then there's like this disconnect where we don't. And so I need people to speak into my life. Mm. And I think that's something that, I mean, we could go on a whole rabbit trail here about how leaders need people who are willing to say the things that they assume the leaders know and assume the leaders understand man, I need someone, every book I'm writing, if I'm talking about identity, it doesn't mean I have it figured out. I, I mm. still need people to speak truth to me about that. Uh, so I think that's something, you know, Mike, about how we can look at other people because even as leaders, we know all the right things, but then there's like this disconnect and we really need community and the Holy Spirit to bring them mm. together. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things that's true that you highlight in the book is that God has given all of us unique qualities and he's given those qualities to us as a gift. Why is that so important for us to, to realize? Not just that we have unique qualities, but that those qualities are a gift from God. Yeah, I think that when we start to realize that they're not for us, it changes the way we think about them as well. And um, I think a lot of things have been a disservice to people truly believing that God's given them gifts is we have, we have, we tend sometimes to elevate some gifts over others. Mm. You know, we tend to say, if you have the, the gift of uh, preaching, then, then, then you're not as good as this, someone who has a gift of discernment um, uh, or in any other area as well. And so I think that there needs to be a shift in our thinking, first of all, is to realize that, I mean, Paul says it like the church functions when all of these work together. And mm. so if we're looking at the church, like not just your local church, but the church of God, like the, the global, you know, capital C church, we need everybody for this mm -hmm. to function. And so you can't then see your gift as little because we need you in this as well. Um, I think also like we have, you know, one of my favorite scriptures is when Jesus is teaching the Sermon on the Mount and he, he starts talking about um, how we are salt and we are light. And he, you know, he talks about, you know, you wouldn't light a candle and put it, you know, under something that like shines the city on a hill, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And he says in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. And I love that so much because it takes my eyes off of whatever my gift is, whatever my good works are, you know, that, that we see like God's prepared these things in advance for you to do, for you to walk in. 
And for me, it helps me if I can believe the truth that, man, these gifts, whatever I think about them, if I'm struggling and I think my gifts are small today, I still can believe that God's given them to me so that people will see them Mm -hmm. and give glory to God. Mm -hmm. And it changes the way we function when we realize that what he's given us is not just for us. You know, it's Mm -hmm. so that people will see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. Mm -hmm. That ignites me to want to do the good works that he's prepared ahead of me because they have nothing to do with me really. Mm, that's so real. That's such a perspective change and is, is, it's a gifting. And I think even when I, we were writing these questions, even I was thinking giftings of a gift to me and, mm. you know, to walk in, but you're like, no, they're gifts. Yes. They're gifts given to you, but for God to use them as a gift to others. And that's just yeah. a great reminder there. Um, that it's just a perspective change. And you, you know, even as you're talking there, you mentioned, uh, and a big message in your book is that we were created for a purpose. And you pull that from Ephesians 2.10, which says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. So even as you're writing this book, I mean, how should that verse impact the way we live our lives and even lead others? Yeah, I think it changes drastically everything that we do because um, it makes me believe that God is for me when he tells me I've already prepared these ahead of time. Like I've, I've already got these set up for you. And so when we can start to believe like, man, where are you, God? Is there anything for me to do here? I feel less than everyone else is like killing it. They're doing all these things. They've got podcast tours and writing books and their kids, man, they're awesome. Their kids are like doing all the right things and their marriage is thriving and their leadership and their church is growing. Um, it can be easy to think, God, where have you done for me? And yet, if we read that, I mean, it literally says that we are his workmanship created for good works, which he has prepared ahead of time for us to do. So God has not forgotten me. Like he has prepared all these things ahead of me for me to do. And that is a great comfort to me. It is a great comfort to me when I can sometimes get into the trap of looking around and thinking everyone else has it going on. And I'm just over here trying to figure things out. Mm. God is like, I want you to trust me because I have already prepared things for you to do. And I think that's important for us as leaders too, as we're leading people is to remind them of what is true. Like, like God's bringing you up as a leader and he's prepared things for you to do, which any leader, like they're loving to look forward in the future. Like, you know, they're like, let's be a future thinker. Let's see what we're doing. And to think that God's already got that under control. Oh my gosh. I mean, if Mm. we really believe that, wouldn't we sleep better at night? Mm. Wouldn't we give away a little bit more leadership to people that are under us? You know, if we think God's already got this, he's already planned this whole thing out. Mm. You know, as you were talking about that, I know many people, uh, you were talking about we're all podcasters. Yeah, we are here, but there's like a level, Jamie, let's be honest. It's like Jamie, (laughs) then then me and Mike. That was so so nice. Yeah. Thank you for including us in that. Um, But there's so many uh, who listen to your podcast and they may look at you and go, man, I love where Jamie is. I would love to be where Jamie is. And we all do that. Um, and we'll get more into that in just a minute, but for you, mm-hmm. and you know, we didn't send you this question ahead of time, but so feel free to be like, we can move on. But for you, can you just kind of share about how you realized, Oh my goodness, podcasting, writing, this is a gift that God has given me to use to others. How did, because once you start to get in your lane, it starts like, you can just feel God being like, this is where I've called you. And it starts to get fun and even people affirm it. So that wasn't always the case. You're probably sitting there and you had no clue that God had prepared ahead of time for you to have 
the opportunities that you have. But there was a moment, I mean, many years where you sat there and you're like, I don't know what's next. Yeah. Can you just yeah. kind of walk through what that looked like and how the Lord brought that to be? Yeah, for sure. In 2011, I won a contest here in Austin. I think I told you guys this, but I won a contest here in Austin to um, win a position to be an on-air morning show DJ. So I, I joined an already established, very established. And only Roman. 90s hip hop when you were DJing. <laughs> I wish. It, was actually like, it was actually old school country, which is funny about me because I love them both so much. Um, <laughs> that, I, that also is a whole podcast episode in and of itself because I'm confused. You. Yes, yeah. I know. I'm sorry, Mike. Um, but I joined this already established, very well um, known show here in, in Austin, Texas. And I loved it. And I'd never done mm-hmm. that before. And I thrived in it. Uh, but circumstances at home were difficult. So I ended up having to step back from that. And so it was like there were a couple of years in there where I thought, God, why did you, it's almost like he hung this like carrot in front of me and said, Oh, I'm going to give you a little piece of this and I'm going to pull it away from you. And I, I really kind of viewed God as what are you doing? Because why would you allow me to win this contest? And then you, you God, you're the one that asked me to step down. Like I didn't want to step down. You made me do this. So I'm real confused. And so I was in a season of figuring out like, what is next for me? Like, what am I doing? And I wanted to go back into radio so badly and it just wasn't ever the time for me. And then I started podcasting and I just jumped in, like not having a clue what I was doing and um, and had no idea the way that God would grow what I get to do. And it is funny when I think about it sometimes because, you know, like it says we should boast in our weaknesses. And I say words wrong all the time. In fact, I make up words quite often that I believe are real words. Um, I can't say my R's very well. Um, I, and it's just like, it's just funny that this is my job because there's so many insecurities that I have around that. And yet here I am with this platform of speaking into a microphone all day long. Um, And so I really do see, man, God, you're using just like, a regular normal person who has a degree in kinesiology who never even knew what it meant to stand on a stage and talk into a microphone before, mm-hmm. you know, 10 years ago. And the way that you're, the way you're getting, the way that I'm getting to do things, I, it doesn't even make sense to me. And so there is this real just honor that I feel. And, and you know, Chandler, to go back to your question, a lot of people would look and say, well, it's easy for you to trust in your gifts and talents because you have a well-known podcast and you've Mm. written books and you have an office and you have staff and you're running a business. So it's real easy for you to say that, Jamie. But I don't think that that temptation to not believe that goes away when you get a staff or when you get a book deal. Like if you thought that temptation goes away, then why were we writing books about this? Like I'm not writing books because I haven't figured it out. I'm writing books because this is a real struggle that we all have. And so I just think that message of like, well, Jamie must not understand this because she has everything I want. When the reality is, is I still struggle with the same thing. It just looks different now. It's It's a different struggle. It's a different like variety of struggle. And so I don't want people to believe that lie either, that this struggle will go away if I get what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's just like the devil tempting you into discontent and striving for your own good and thinking that you're in control of everything, that you have the ability uh, to change these things when really it's all about no matter where you are in your life, no matter what your job is, no matter what your leadership level is, it's literally every day surrendering God, I want to really, truly believe what you say about me to be true. Hmm. That's so helpful. Thank you, Jamie, for sharing that. And it is just a good reminder. It's like, you're, you're always going to look around. It just, the setting is going to be different, right? 
and you're going to look around and be like, why, why am I not like them? Yep. Why is God not giving me that gift? So, you know, it's once you're kind of placing an idol that you're always chasing after and just always reminded that yeah. it is exactly that. It's an yep. idol. It is. All right, so Jamie, I'm thinking about you talk about just your journey, the success that you have. We all like look at the podcast, we get the books, you're doing all of these things, you're speaking everywhere. And I was just thinking about the title of your book, God Made You to Be You, particularly as a woman. Uh, people can't see you right now, uh, but maybe they've seen you before, but you got a whole tattoo sleeve. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you look like the coolest mom on the block. Uh, uh, we, tell my kids uh, that. Can, can I record yeah. this and you just send that to them? Yeah. Well, and we know your husband, Aaron, we've interviewed him. He has a career going on. You have this career over here, but you're also a mom. How have you gotten to the point where you're comfortable being who God has made you to be, especially in, let's be honest, a Christian environment that often tries to box you into mm-hmm. a particular mold of what it means to be a woman? Yeah. Um, a couple of things. Number one, I don't know how old you guys are. Y'all both look like you're in your 20s. You look so young. Love um, it. Love it. We'll take but it. Something happens when you get a little older, honestly, and you just go, you know what? I don't really care that much anymore what you think about me and I'm going to do my thing. And so there's that age of maturity, 100% help with that. I'm just going to throw that out there. There also is this idea where Aaron and I have thought about this a lot. And we're like, you know, that phrase YOLO, like you only live once. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's kind of dumb, but it's actually really, really true. Except I think I've seen a Christian t-shirt that's pretty cheesy. That's like actually twice because you're coming back to life. I'm like, okay, (laughs) ruining the slang for us. (laughs) But I think there is this sense that I've kind of kind of come to terms with like, I get one shot. That's it. Like, like mm-hmm. if I go home tonight to see Jesus, like everything that happened, that's all I get. If I get 40 more years, that's all I get. And so I had to come to terms with like, I don't want to be put in a box and I don't want to be what you say I'm supposed to be because I just want to be faithful to who God called me to be. And honestly, the ministry that God's given me is I get a lot of people who are coming to my podcast who are like, man, I was in church a long time ago and I got hurt and I'm out. And then they come back and they hear someone that's like, who's real and who doesn't sound like this like Christian pastor's wife that the box that I should maybe be put into. And so for me, I'm not trying to put on a show. I'm just trying to be myself. And I think God has used that in a lot of people's lives to where they do assume something about me um, and then get something. They might assume something about me because my husband's a pastor. And then they might assume something about me because of the way that I look. And so how do we meet in the middle and be like, this is just about Jesus. And so age has helped also just realizing I only get to do one. I only get this one life. Like I, not, and not to sound cheesy. It sounds so cheesy, but like we never get September of 2021 back ever again. Like ever. We're done with that month mm. for the rest of our life. We never get to go back to it. And I don't know if I'm also having these nostalgia feelings because I'm about to launch a kid into the world. It's just everything mm. feels so like this is it. Like this is all you get. But that pushes me towards, I just want to be who God, I mean, God, I was about to say, I just want to be who God made me to be. And I didn't even mind me to do that, but it is true. Like I really do just want to be that person. And um, there's a confidence that comes with also trying to be who you're not supposed to be. And Mm. and that's a suffocating feeling. Mm. And I don't Mm. really like to live that way. and don't ever want to live that way again. That's so real. And I I think about that when I'm sure you've had, and I'm curious if there was a person uh, who you looked up to as you were starting out, uh, you're you're podcasting, you're writing books, you're speaking, 
Was there somebody that you were like, oh, if I could just be like this person? Because uh, when you talk about trying to be somebody you're not, one of my temptations, I think other leaders will identify with this, is, is having that person that I look up to. And instead of that driving me to want to be who God's made me to be, I just spend all my energy trying to be who God made them to be in the ways yep. that they've inspired me. So who was that? Who was that person for you? And have you have you struggled with with that? Oh, a hundred percent. I heard someone say one time, you you can't serve God in someone else's life. And I'm like, mm. oh, that is exactly right. So when I first started, I mean, again, listen, I'm, I'm, I got a kinesiology degree. I taught school before I had kids. I always plan on going back to teaching school when they were older. This whole thing that you see, I mean, I believe in God's sovereignty. So I don't think it was an accident, but I just kind of stumbled into all of this. Mm. And so once I stumble into this, I look around and I'm like, well, these people are really good. Like they've been to seminary. Oh, wait, this is what they've always wanted to do. Wow, they're really good at writing books. I need a lot of editing help on these books. And I started to feel this insecurity of, God, I think you got the wrong person. Um, I remember um, the first year that If Gathering was around, uh, probably mutual friend of all of ours, Jenny Allen, who's been a friend of mine before If even started. And she invited me to do some stuff backstage with some podcasting. And I want you to know, I didn't even have my podcast then. That's how much Jenny believed in me. I always tell Jenny, like, we're really close friends now. And I was like, you saw something in me. I'd been on the radio. So she knew that there was something there. But man, you talk about insecure. I get back there. And I don't have a podcast. I've never written a book. I've never stood on a stage. And Jenny's asking me to interview these women who that is their J-O-B. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Insecurity through the roof. And then as God started opening doors and I started my podcast and became successful and I was able to write a book and then people are asking me to stand on stages, I would go into these events and think, who do they want? Like, do they want me to be like happy hour Jamie Ivy? Do they want me to be like, Chris Kane, like Jenny is so good at teaching and she went to seminary and oh my gosh, she's running if gathering. I can't do this. And I was spiral, just spiral out of control. Mm. And I really had a good friend speak truth into me, but also I had to come to a place where I realized that the only reason anyone was inviting me to do anything is because they wanted Jamie Ivy. Mm. Like if Mm. they wanted Jenny Allen, guess what? They would have called her and asked her. If they wanted Chris Kane, if they wanted Lisa Harper, Annie F. Downs, whoever they wanted, guess what? They can call them. Um, And so I had to really go through a lot of really laying a lot of stuff down to God of insecurities and feeling not enough. And I don't know why you put me here, God, because I am not qualified for this. And just having people speak into my life to tell me that I can believe it and that he has equipped those that he's called and I'm going to keep walking forward. But let me tell you, there were a lot of long nights of battling insecurity because all of my friends around me were killing it and they still are. And I'm still so like friends with them and proud of them and cheering them on, but I'm a lot more confident in where I am now because I found my groove and I found what I'm doing and and I'm confident in what God's asked me to do. Mm -hmm. Man, thank you so much for your vulnerability. I think it's, I mean, we've working at Lifeway, we do conferences and events and, you know, we see a lot of speakers on stage and you're always sitting there and you're like, man, they just, everybody has it all together. And I think if you just pulled somebody in the green room and they're like, no, I'm still pretty anxious to go out and speak in front of people. I don't feel like I have it all together. And I think we just need to hear that. Oh my gosh. Um, You guys, I'm speaking at a conference in a couple of months. It's for pastors and leaders. And I think there's like two women on the stage Mm. and the other men on the stage are people who like, I respect and admire so much. Mm. I'm going to tell you the amount of nerves I'm going to have before I get on the stage. 
I, I'm going to be so nervous. I mean, I'm going to have to, not even nerves, but I'll tell you this, to be honest with you, I, I know ahead of time and I'm joking now about it and I can kind of joke and some of them are friends of mine, but I'll be honest and say, I'm going to have to really ask my friends. I'm going to need you to remind me of what's true mm. because there's no reason that I think in my flesh, I deserve to be able to do something where Derwin Gray is going to be there and Sky mm. Jatani and Francis Chan. I, I mean, a list of just like, heroes that I respect and mm. I've learned so much from. But so I say that like that vulnerability is like, I'm living that right now in these next couple of weeks of having yeah. to remind myself, you know what? You do bring something to the table, Jamie, not because you're awesome, but because God's gifted you and because he's created these things to be in advance so that you can give glory to God and whatever you do. And so you can hear me say too, is like, yeah, I've come a long way. <laughs> And here I am again. I'm bad. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> isn't, so that the Christian, yeah. isn't that the Christian life? Like I've come a long way and here I am again. I've come a long way mm. and here I am again. Mm. Yeah. We, it's a, it's a cycle. We never outgrow our need for the Lord in yep. every way possible. Right. Yep. I mean, whether it's repentance, whether it's believing a false narrative of ourselves. Yeah. So yep. just always need to be running back to the Lord. And as you're talking about this, I think the common thread that has come up is, you need others around you to speak into your life. And I'm even convicted here of, man, I need to be that for somebody else. I, I should be a friend and encourager looking for those type of giftings in other people and calling them out. I mean, Jenny bringing you backstage, who knows? I mean, you may say this, like, you're like, man, when I got to interview all those people, it kind of put something inside me where I wanted to see if I could, if I could do this on my own. And there's just so many times like that where how many times did somebody get a shot or somebody encouraged them and they go, that actually led me to do this, mm -hmm. this, and this, which led to here. Yeah. Um, so unique giftings, it's other people calling it out. We often don't see it even in our yeah. own lives. Yeah. So yeah. that's a great reminder. Um, you know, for somebody who's sitting here listening, going, Jamie's just talking right along the lines of what I'm feeling right now. I am looking up to people in front of me and I'm just saying, if I could, could be these three people combined, <laughs> I would love to be these three people, but God has called them to be who they are. How can somebody better explore who God has uniquely created them to be and how can they walk in that unique gifting? Yeah, I think practically one of the things that I always tell people is if you're, people always ask like, okay, where do I, where do I serve? Where do I give? What are my talents? What am I doing? Practically one of the best things for me has been to, to step in and serve. I mean, literally, if you have a church body, they're not going to turn you away if you want to serve in different areas. You want to find out if you're a, if you're a good teacher, man, sign up for a class at your church that's, that's teaching people how to teach. Sign up to teach a class, you know, and see what happens. Um, I remember when I was in college, I was my first degree, my first major declared was elementary ed. And then I I worked at Canacuck and I was with fifth graders all summer and I came home and changed my degree. I'm like, I don't want to work with elementary school kids. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but the only reason I found that out is because I stepped in and did it. And so I think sometimes we overcomplicate things a little bit. And what if you just stepped in and did something? You're not committing for the rest of your life. It's not a marriage covenant that you're stepping into, but you step in and figure out, man, where has God allowed me to serve? That's like a practical way that I think is really good for people to try to like figure out what is it that you want me to do? On a spiritual level for me, something that I'm even thinking about a lot recently, you know, Chandler, you mentioned like you might have these three people that you're looking up to. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like I, mm -hmm. I mentioned Jenny already. We'll just keep talking about her. I'll text her and tell her that half the podcast was about her. Um, <laughs> 
Jenny is someone that I, she's a dear friend of mine. And so we are peers and we do different things, but there are a lot of things about her life that I'm like, man, that's an encouragement to me. I like the way she studied that and dissected it. I'm going to learn from that, Mm. but I don't want to be Jenny Allen. And so I think when, if sometimes we get in the, in the wrong mindset of saying what Jenny Allen is doing equals success. Mm. And so then we start to think, well, I want to be successful. Everyone wants to be successful. Then I must look like them. You know, we've said Derwin Gray's name before, like what Derwin Gray is doing at his church is a success. How about I just do exactly what Derwin is doing? Mm -hmm. And I think that we miss the mark there because success, A, so many times it's individualized and B, so many times it's a moving target. I mean, (laughs) one day this is a success. Next day they're like, JK, Mm -hmm. you actually got to do all this other stuff as well. And so something for me is I, I want to look at people that I can learn from. But I don't want to chase success. I don't want to chase their success. That's for sure. I want to chase faithfulness. And I want to chase what God has called me to do, to be faithful with. And so that's hard because we got to differentiate. Am I chasing their success or am I chasing my faithfulness? And those are hard questions that I think you should bring some people into to evaluate evaluate with you. I think those are hard questions between you and the Lord. Um, I'm pretty confident that he would reveal it those answers to you through the spirit. He's really good about that. Um, But that's just something like jump in and serve and then really evaluate. Am I chasing other people's success or am I chasing the faithfulness that God's put on my life? Hmm. I'm thinking about Jamie, the moment you are sitting backstage uh, in the green room, preparing to do this podcast, freaking out, wondering why am I here? I think there's a lot of young leaders listening who probably find themselves either in a situation like that or maybe just in a season like that. And they're struggling to believe that who God has made them is enough to be pleasing to him and enough Mm -hmm. to find joy and contentment and to be fruitful and effective. And so if you could sit down with that young leader, if they're on the other side of the microphone from you right now, um, how would you help them get the right perspective? What advice would you give them from your own experience on how to be comfortable with who God's made them to be? Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, before I wrote my first book, um, I, I, I confessed to a friend that I didn't think that I could do this. Like, I didn't think I could, I knew what was ahead. I, I, I could see the path that was coming. I said, I don't think I can do this because I, I think I'll become prideful. Hmm. And, um, here I was trying to be super Christian of bowing out of what God had asked me to do because I, in my mind, I was going to fight my sin by not doing what he'd asked me to do. Mm-hmm. And my friend said to me, she said, do you think there would be any books or speakers or teachers or podcasts if no one, um, if everyone that struggles with anything said no, she said, what you need to do is you need to fight your sin. You don't need to disobey God. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, thank you for that mic drop. Um, you have some good friends. Like, seriously. My God. Um, and I think sometimes I think about that as well in those moments when I'm sitting backstage, because what would be easier would be for me to say, I think they got the wrong girl. I don't think I can do this. This is this is too stressful. This is too much pressure. I, I got to follow David Platt. Like, are you serious about this, God? Like, I can't do this. This is dumb. It's, it's foolish. <laughs> Mike, Mike does Mike, that every know, other weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, let's talk later. <laughs> um, but, but in those moments, I really want to remind myself and that leader also like, 
what what is the sin that you're having there? And 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 believe me, I think there is some sin there, some sin and unbelief, some sin of not trusting God, some sin of really thinking that that you are your own good works, like this the sin mm-hmm. of thinking that you have the ability to get up there and do amazing. Um, and so for me, it's like, man, when I feel like I'm in those situations, I have to really remind myself um, that God has really called me, and mm-hmm. I really do believe Him in that. And also I remind myself like in front of these people, I I will literally, I will say two things before I step on that stage. On the top of my notes, it will say this. I write it out. It says, just give them Jesus. And then it says, you have nothing to prove and nothing to lose. Wait, can you just, you got to say that again. I had a friend tell me that too, you guys, before I got on stage one time. She goes, two things at the top of your notes. Just give them Jesus. Mm. Give them Jesus. You have nothing to prove and nothing to lose. And so many times I think I have a lot to prove and a lot to lose. (laughs) Writing (laughs) it down. The reality is that those of us who are in Christ and we are doing what he's called us to do, like we've said so many times on the show, we are walking in the gifts that he has prepared for us ahead of time. We are using our good gifts to give glory to the father who is in heaven. Man, you don't have anything to prove and anything to lose. So you get up there. You might be nervous because you're surrounded by all these like spiritual heroes in your mind and they are that and there's nothing wrong with that. And you know that you're doing what he called you to do and you're not going to lose anything and you got nothing to prove. Hmm. Man. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and uh, thank you for (laughs) being obedient and doing, you know, stepping into podcasting, stepping into, to writing. I mean, I know we're all just blessed by it. So just want to encourage you in that. So thank you so much thank for you guys for having all the me. ways that you uh, bless many people through that. And thank you for listening. We hope this has been helpful to you and your leadership. And maybe you're navigating what that looks like for you and, and what that gifting is that God has given you. We just hope that this is helpful. And you also want to pick up a copy of God Made You to Be You and also You to Be You by Jamie Ivey. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>